Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hello, welcome to Film Fandango, the film podcast. I'm David Reed, and with me as ever is Marek Larwood. Hello, Marek. Hello, David. Hello, listeners. And hello, Simon Fielder. Hello, Simon. Hello. Simon Fielder's here with us talking about films this week. Um, are you well, Simon? Good, thank you, yeah. I'm the be- sun is shining. It is. Which You've I'm made me a cup pleased. of tea. I <laughs> have. Just take it. How is, not it? Be going How is the tea? It's really great, actually, yeah. How many Simons would you give it? Um, out of ten? I'd give it... Nine Simons. Thanks very much. Yeah. Nine well, Simons. Best film Imagine this year. <laughs> <laughs> the film of you making me a cup of tea. Yeah. 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 Best right. best reviewed thing we've had Nine on the podcast. Nine Simons. That's a good name for a film. Nine Simon Fielders. They gradually all get killed one by one. So it's it's the second sequel to Seven Psychopaths. <laughs> yeah. Nine Simons. Yeah. Um, right. Uh, yeah. We, well, I'm going to talk about a film that is going to get Marek angry, and uh, I apologise, Simon, for starting us off on such a it's fine. Set. It's his default setting. It is, but this this is kryptonite to Marek, if you will. I see where you might be headed here. Uh, I went to see Batman V, not versus V, and it's a capital V as well, hmm. uh, which is is uh, odd. But Batman V Superman colon Dawn of Justice. Now, uh, I don't. I went to see this pure. Why? Why? Well, because um, because I really wanted to see High Rise, uh, so we could talk about it last week, and you went to see that. So I obstinately went to it anyway, and then the only other thing that was on was uh, Batman because I wanted to see Ten Cloverfield Lane, which looks good, right? Have yeah. you seen yes, the trailer? It look looks great. Good reviews as well. M- yeah. So the guy that I went to the cinema with had already seen Ten Cloverfield Lane. Bad. So there you go. It had to be a film that I genuinely didn't think I was going to see in the cinema because I had no interest in it whatsoever. Man of Steel, which I saw on a plane. Did you see Man of Steel? Yeah. What do you make of it? I did not enjoy. I, actually, <laughs> I enjoyed about the first half. Yeah. With the sort of backstory and all that. And then it was just about an hour of everything exploding. Yeah. With uh, no sort of interest or pathos or any attachment. Well, I can tell you the uh, the final third of Batman v Superman is identical yeah. in the amount of CGI, pointless CGI building explodings. That um, was my concern with it. Yeah. Uh, there are some wonderfully ridiculous and humorous bits in it. I was actually engaged and enjoying it for the first, like, half an hour because it was so oddly told that I thought, well, this is quite interesting because I don't know where this is going because it's... It feels, it feels like a greater tapestry than a human story, 
and then slowly it dawns on you that this is actually um, incompetence on on the on the part of Zack Snyder. <laughs> how, um, how is uh, Ben Affleck as Batman? He's great. You know, he's good. He 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 makes a good older Batman. This is a Batman with a backstory already. So Robin is dead. Uh, is just revealed in a shot. The Joker killed him. There's a there's it's it's done very subtly, but Robin's uni- Robin. Robin's uniform is there, spray painted with a message from the Joker that he keeps as this sort of morbid um, thing in, in the back caves. But uh, Bruce Wayne keeps it as a sort of morbid trophy to the fact uh, he got a young yes. boy killed. Um, so it's a sort of parallel universe Batman from the ones that we've seen in the Nolan films. They've, they've completely started over, right. but not started at the beginning. Gotcha. Now, I have my own theories about this, but uh, Buddy needs to go for a wee. But we'll see if we can continue while that happens. This is going to be a, um, such a treat of an editing job. Multitasking, multitasking. Um, so, yes, basically, I think DC have gone, shit, we're really behind the curve on this superhero thing, because Marvel have got an entire Captain America franchise out, an entire Iron Man franchise out. They've even had a couple of Hulk films. They've got all of Ant-Man's Thor, already been made. Ant-Man, yeah. and then the Avengers. And so, and Captain America Civil War, where two of their biggest heroes fight each other, is coming out later this year. So I think DC went, Whoa. right, well, we did one Superman film. We've got to do the fight. We've got to get there yeah. before them. Yeah. So they instantly went to Batman why, versus Superman. Why have they got a problem with each other? Um, well, because they're the two... Because of all the CGI building exploding. Exactly. They, what, Batman and Superman? Yeah. Okay, well, the CGI building exploding that Simon alluded to, or in fact explicitly talked about, um, at the end of Man of Steel... Very subtle. ...is treated like um, an almost 9-11 event in Metropolis when Batman was there on business and what one of uh, Wayne Corp's buildings was one of the ones destroyed and his employees all died and he basically decides there and then that Superman is too much of a threat to mankind and so he's going to hunt him and kill him. Now, without doing too many spoilers, because mm. I suspect I will watch this film yes. eventually, I feel like the Batman vs Superman thing is no more than the first half of the film and then they have to team up, form the Justice League yes. and fight someone else, right? Correct. Yeah. Correct. The okay. Joker. No. Um, the Joker is going to make his first appearance in Suicide Squad of when course. that comes out. But uh, no, it's Lex Luthor, played by Jesse Eisenberg, playing him basically like uh, Mark Zuckerberg. Okay. Uh, as uh, a really annoying young man. Um, <laughs> quiet, buddy. Um, so, yeah, you're, you're quite right in your assumption. Um, that is the loose structure, even though it's very poorly told in between that. Look, this is. It's sort of Ben Affleck is enjoyable but he's not Batman anymore and this is the bit my biggest problem with it he carries guns and kills people he's with, that Batman he's that Batman right. he's he's a fascist but he's basically the Punisher if you if you know your yeah. comics um and he goes he decides that you know because someone is a threat they deserve to die even if they're on your side he's quite a current right-wing republican american really and superman has no personality at all other than being slightly grumpy and narcissistic. Actually, he's not Superman either. Does he have a curl? He, he's got a that little, curl, a little kiss curl, yeah, yeah. But he's he's not... He's a long way from Christopher Reeve, you know? Yeah. He, he, he acts sort of godlike, and he never looks like he's uncomfortable with that, that people are worshipping him. So they've sort of ab- abandoned... 
Zack Schneider's really, really nailed the look of the thing and the iconic images and the shots and the, the cinematography is actually great. It looks beautiful, just like Man of Steel looked beautiful, but they've sort of lost their characters, which is what people love about Batman and Superman along the way. The characters are sort of absent from this. They're just two violent douchebags basically going at it. Um, and the reason they then get reconciled, spoilers, but we all know, um, is the stupidest reason on earth. Um, my favourite thing about this film is, for anyone who saw Man of Steel, you'll know that um, Clark Kent, aka Superman's adopted dad, is Kevin Costner, um, who tragically dies, uh, as uh, his uncle always does in these things. That was actually a really good bit. Yeah, 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 it was. That whole story it that was. I liked. And Kevin Costner was good because he grounded yeah. it. He yes. made it sort of real. He's actually a very likeable actor. Mm. Um, so there's a bit in this, and it's not really spoilers, uh, where Clark's having a bit of a bad time, and so he flies and then walks up a mountain. He's got climbing gear. I don't really think he needs it. He's Superman. But he's got like he's got like a North Face he's jacket very, on and a going, hat. When you go like, to, he, he, to throw he, people off the scent, he, when he, he can fly shots. into space. I don't think he needs a beanie. I don't. But my favourite bit is he goes up there and he's he looks almost surprised to see Kevin Costner um, making one of those piles of stones at the top of the mountain, and he gives him some safety advice, and it turns out to be a vision, of course. Um, and uh, then later, his aunt sort of uh, hands him a photo of Kevin Costner, but there's there's never really an explanation. Of who Kevin Costner played in the previous film. So anyone who didn't see Man of Steel could quite feasibly believe this Superman's just a really big Kevin Costner fan. <laughs> he just loves, he loves Kevin Costner. Yeah, he's just like Field of Dreams. That was that was the movie when I knew I was American. Um, yeah, no, it's quite weird. But I mean, it's they go all out on the the same CGI monster that looks like a massive orc by the end and it's meaningless and they, it really loses how many Davids uh, you know what I think it is not deserving of the hate it's got critically it's really split the divide between critics and audiences where if you look at Rotten Tomatoes this film has the same critical score aggregated as The Room one wow. of the most critically poorly rated films of all time it's on at like 31 Whereas audiences, it's like 79. Oh, okay. Um, I don't think this is worthy of the amount of scorn it's being it's getting compared to other things in its genre. I personally think that, again, although it had good moments, uh, The Dark Knight Rises is a worse film. Um, and I think, there's pl- I think what it has produced, a sub-mediocre film at a time when we've had so many fucking superhero films, you have to do something special, guys, or... What's the fucking point? Uh, so, I think this is probably a five. Wow. But, you know, I probably I wouldn't watch it again. Worth seeing in the cinema? Yes, to be honest, okay. if you're going to watch it, because it's all it's all flashbang wallops. I'm very stuff, on the fence it? about it. Yeah. I mean, it, the way they crowbar in setting up the Justice League is pathetic and oh. sort of laughable. Um they uh, yeah you've seen in the trailer and in screenshots and stuff Wonder Woman makes an appearance at no point does anyone ask who she is uh, or why she's there or anything she's just suddenly there and and that's it um she has no character whatsoever uh, I'm not going I'm not yeah. going to go I don't think I'm going to go I mean Marek is like a, just a vacuum over there he looks Have as... you seen the uh, clip of Sad Ben Affleck when um, it's beautiful <laughs> when they're isn't talking it? they're interviewing him and the Superman guy Henry Cavill who's uh, British 
and they ask, and someone brings up the question of saying that the, the reviews are in. Have you seen them? And Ben Affleck doesn't talk. And someone put uh, what music? Hello, darkness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it's beautiful, and you can see in his eyes just recollecting the exact same situation with Daredevil, can't you? <laughs> but as Henry Cavill just sort of talks as the young one who's a bit bulletproof next It is, next isn't it? It's him. just him, like the little shiny new pup who's like, oh, I'm just going to really talk yeah, in this yeah, enthusiastic yeah. way that I've been taught to talk about the film. And Ben Affleck's like, oh, he's my, being what have I done? properly dark ben Batman not, about it. He's not managed to, despite doing Argo and you know getting an Oscar for that, yeah. he somehow... Never managed to well, jump he, into that great. Well, he pulled Matt, back Matt so Damon much integrity with Argo, and then he's potentially tanking it. Although it's done incredibly well financially, so he can just surround himself with sycophants and money now. And Gone Baby Gone was really yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so maybe you know he takes this film, he gets paid his twenty million, and then he goes and makes. Well, no, because he'll have signed up to eight or whatever. Oh, that's true, of course. But, I bumped you know, into maybe... Richard Sandling, who I think we all know, yes. who had an opinion on this, of course. Uh, Richard Sandling, a, a massive a movie buff um, and comedian. But he was saying it must have been horrible for Ben Affleck to have been on set with Zack Schneider calling the shots and to for Zack Schneider not even to be the best director on set and having to hold his tongue. So I wonder if that interview is just a long light of about two years of him holding his tongue about everything because but you know he, don't do it then you know he's getting yeah. paid five million or whatever he got paid will get paid for it he's already a millionaire don't do these rubbish films yeah, but maybe fault. he's going to use that money to go and make his own movies that's how it works you know you Take finance your, make yourself make I have used my money I've got from my YouTube yeah. Videos. No, no, no. You've got it the wrong way around. Noodles. You've got it wrong way around, Merrick. You need to take your impractical jokers yeah, money and plough that money. into your artistic work. <laughs> I didn't work. really get very much money from that. All oh, right, not enough to make a. Oh, let's not talk about film. that. Spoilers. <laughs> Spoilers. But anyway, you'll be pleased to hear that there are another sort of eighteen DC films in the works. Uh, I think DC are behind the curve on this. This is a bubble. We cannot watch superheroes forevermore because it's the same fucking story every time. We're, we're going to get bored. They are making them quicker than the technology can show us something new. And I think that's the real crux. That if it was, wow, that visually was, you know, it's they're a great cipher for sort of visual action. But they're not doing much different yeah. each time. And There's a visual effects showreel. Yeah, Mar- Marvel are ahead of the curve. And I think DC is going to go... <laughs> Just as the entire thing collapses underneath. Deadpool, them. Marvel, or DC? De- Deadpool is Marvel. Okay. Um, but, I haven't seen that. But is currently uh, with uh, was with Fox, and I think is now back with Marvel. Um, and this uh, news just came out that the next X Men film is uh, Apocalypse is going to reboot the X-Men into the Marvel Cinematic Universe, so they're part of it as well. I don't care. I don't yeah. care. One thing Marvel needs is more characters in each film. Yeah. Less screen time and personality for all the characters. More costumes. Just crowbar more Sam Jackson in. <laughs> I mean, he yes, we we shouldn't get into a Marvel hole. I you know I've seen them all as a sort of matter of interest. I, I like but most I, of them. I, I more and more feel like I'm I'm watching a car crash about to happen. You know, just something accelerating, accelerating, accelerating. Knowing there isn't road all the way there. Mm-hmm. I don't um, think we should even give it any more time anymore. Oh, Mary. We watch any more of this, these shitty superhero films. But it, it is 
intrinsically relevant to modern uh, media society, you know. But I we're mean, making they're, they're it huge. relevant by talking about it. And Film Fandango is at the heart of the film community. This is like an allegorical tale about Donald Trump. Marrick, you've got to know your enemy before you can defeat him. Oh, uh, See what uh, we've done there. With great power, David. <laughs> that, that's Spider-Man. Oh, we're no. getting so confused. <laughs> now, now, we're talking of films. Yeah. Um, our guest this week, Simon Fielder. Hello. You've been making a, a very good uh, vlog about being a stand-up comedian, which is on YouTube, haven't you? Thank you, Marek. I have been making a vlog about being a stand-up comedian. Which Simon, is on YouTube. Simon Fielder was a stand-up when I started around 2002-2003. Then he gave up for a while and he's come back and he's he's one of the few people uh, approaching 40 who's still gigging. <laughs> he's got away with it. It's this sort of thing <laughs> that makes me keep coming back to the podcast. Yeah. Um, um, that, it's very interesting. It started nice, didn't it? You all, you kind of went down a complimentary road and then you went, this is not in character. Yeah, and then yeah. you immediately backtracked. Uh, very strong on his personal brand. Yeah. <laughs> How are you finding doing it, f- filming it? I'm, I'm enjoying making it, yeah. You know, I thought it would be... I wanted to just make more videos and I thought that would be an interesting concept. You don't really get to see a lot of... I want to say behind the scenes, but mo- what most people see of comedy is Live at the Apollo, mm. that sort of thing, panel shows... They assume that that's what comedy is, or big comedy clubs. So I think it's interesting to kind of peel that back a little bit and see that it it really is just mainly driving. (laughs) (laughs) Driving, and you haven't done any service station stuff yet? No, there's a bit of service station stuff to come. There's been a few... You've got to hold it back for the second series, so you've got somewhere to go, somewhere to grow it. Exactly. I want to leave people asking these questions. But what is his favourite service station sandwich? How has Mark Suspensers and Waitrose changed the landscape? You know, when is Nando's coming? Who knows? Um, but yeah, I th- it's been interesting uh, filming it. It's been interesting making it. I hope people are enjoying watching it. It's called Die Trying. You can find it on my YouTube channel. I'm Simon Fielder. <laughs> Good night. We'll put a link to one of them. Because you filmed a bit today. So we can maybe put a link in on the Film Fandango page. And up to four people will watch it. That'll be great. That will double the viewership. There you go. Um, yeah. Thanks for that. I haven't watched it yet. And I will. Thanks, David. Sorry. It's okay. I'm just being honest. You can binge watch it. Can it's you? like Netflix. How, how many have you made now? Uh, four. Four, okay. Four so far, yeah. Hmm. Maybe it'll be five by the time this comes well, out. Well, I'm looking for something new to binge watch. Now I've finished Daredevil Season 2. Oh, so. well, I was going to say, I can't guarantee it's as good as Daredevil Season 2, which I have yet to watch. I think it I'd will be. I'd say it's on a par with <laughs> Jessica Jones. Oh, good, good. I did not enjoy that, so that's good. Um, good. You picked it, you brought it, and you brought some really good films in um, in the past. Okay, let me preface this. And now you this. brought in Me, Earl, and The Dying Girl. In the, can the past yeah. two episodes that I've featured on Film Fandango, yes. very much enjoyed, I've really dug deep and I've brought what I thought are hidden gems. Remind us what you brought before. The first time was um, Punching the Clown. That's right, yes. The sort of mock doc uh, about being a musical stand-up comedian in LA. Great, yeah. The yeah. last time was Noah Baumbach's Kicking and Screaming. That's right, yeah. Um, which were uniformly praised by the team in this room. They were. This time... Uh, Marek asked me if I'd do the podcast and I said yes I'd be delighted to I I didn't have a lot of time and I panicked I didn't have time to rummage through my annals and find one of my faves so I I mostly keep them in in the east annals yeah fair enough 
a I lot of space. picked something that I watched recently that I enjoyed and I thought it was interesting and we could talk about it in an interesting way. It's a bit of a gamble because I did think it might be hated because it's quite twee. Can you talk about, uh, give us a t- what it is in what... Uh, Synopsis. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's, that's the, the word. word. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. what's it about? Um, the film is called Me, Earl and the Dying Girl. And it is about a teenage boy who, uh, through his pushy mum, is forced to hang out with a girl who's been diagnosed with cancer. And the friendship that they form, and then on the side... He also makes these little movies with his friend Earl. So it's about their relationship, it's about the relationship of the girl with cancer, how she deals with it. And then it's sort of filmed in a very indie, artsy way. Yes. Um, it's a bit of a tearjerker, but it's also funny. Yeah. Dramatic. I watched it this morning. Oh, wow. I literally, luckily, uh, Marek was 15 minutes late. As usual. Allowing me to watch the final 15 minutes of Oh, great. It, uh, which I was very pleased I got to do. Um, now, at the beginning of the start of this, I was sceptical that I was going to enjoy it. I did not like him. I did not like the script's voice because it is like it's written by, interestingly, by a narcissistic teen or by a man now in his 30s who hasn't grown up since he was a narcissistic teen. It's based but, on a book, right? Yes, and by the same guy. Same guy. Same yeah. guy. Yeah. But I found it, actually, it drew me in to its world. And actually, the fact that its entire voice was the same as its protagonist, I actually thought actually was a help by the end. I found it very moving. Mm. I thought it was. And I thought, although the structure was utterly off the peg, where it went with the relationships was not. Uh, you know, I it was one people were talking about when it was in the cinemas, and I I didn't get around to seeing it. But did I, I am glad I saw it. Why did you Why did you bring it in? I mean, you've said you know it was a bit of a last minute decision. But... Yeah, I, I think just I was thinking of things that I've seen recently that sort of stood out, or I just remember when I watched it, I was like, I don't know what I'm going to make of this, but I remember seeing the trailer in the cinema, and I did I missed it on the big screen, so mm. uh, it just sort of appealed to that indie sensibility in me. And I thought the filmmaking style, I enjoyed a great deal. And it just, yeah, you know, it had a little bit of everything. You know, I laughed at it. I maybe shed a tear. Yeah. It's also got the guy from The Walking Dead in it. <laughs> Which guy? I don't watch the show. Yeah. Uh, the, I've forgotten the name of his character. The really angry, hard guy that's like Rick's best mate, his partner. Is he, he their teacher? Yeah, he's the... he is the Punisher in Daredevil season two. Correct. <laughs> I've forgotten go. the name of the actor and the character. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, I think yeah. we all know who we're talking about. Sure. That you've got clued up, listeners. Um, yeah. So I just enjoy, I enjoyed all the sort of constituent elements of it. I think, but I think it's you know its voice and the way it was shot. I enjoyed a great deal. Now there was. A- I also felt, and we'll get to why Merrick clearly hated it in a moment. <laughs> it's like he's stewing, isn't it? I mean, it's been a terrible double bill for oh, you this man. week. Um, I didn't hate it, but I, I thought <laughs> it, it genuinely, for a lot of it, didn't have a soul. Because a lot of the, the ways this team was sort of different or quirky or whatever felt copied from other things. You know, that, they didn't feel authentic. But that... I think for me that is why I found it so moving is that I let my guard down to it. Yeah. You know because, and it does... because the girl actually is excellent yeah. I think. 
and and that's a it's a hard thing to do without especially when you're young to deal with as an actor with something as lingering have death you, have you seen the fault in their stars no which no. is the other teen cancer came thing. out at a similar time didn't yeah it? and i went to see that i think i reviewed it on yeah, film Fandango, and that it was set based in a, book, a best-selling book as well and it's more schmaltzy and uh not as indie more so straight and, and i thought the match that was absolutely brilliant and i bawled my eyes out of that yeah i'm, I'm a big cry at films anyway I, I cry at this, this film. I shed a tear in this. The last this fifteen one. minutes about this film was the best thing. about It, it. does sort of sucker punch you a little bit. Doesn't really it? does, but uh, in sort of a clever way. I was like, oh, I don't know whether I feel like I've been hoodwinked or I quite I don't liked think what it did. So because it it holds back from doing what would be the satisfying sad. Do yeah. you know what I mean? Yes. And it does a more realistic one, yeah, which is yeah. why I was like, no, this film might be actually better than I thought it was because <laughs> because it it starts it wholly in the world of a teen and how they would see it it's entirely from his point of view and it changes by the by the end i think you know as he grows up a bit it's still twee like his final beat is twee which is a shame but i think if i was 14 and watching this it would be sort of formative like it's Mm. it isn't for us i don't think also i think can i say what i think yeah sure I thought the main character. Uh, I don't like that style of things. I hate that sort of smug. It's ever ever since Juno, seemingly. Which I absolutely hated yeah, Juno. You did. What did I you hated think the of whole. Juno, didn't I really liked. Juno. I really liked I could, Juno I could, as well. I thought she was Ellen. What's her name? Was Ellen really, Page? Really annoying, and Juno was really smug. It's that no te- thing is. I make the teenagers know all. I'm not interested in teenagers anymore. It's not, so it's not for me. And I think it was so. It was the start. It was just. Yeah, okay, we're doing a shot. They're, they're two of them talking in the staircase, and they did this shot from the top of the staircase and the bottom of the staircase. And it was almost. I wrote down here that the director just sucked off Wes Anderson's dick so hard. He, it sucked it, Wes Anderson's dick so hard, it's fallen off. Right. It was. Uh, he un- sucked it off. Yeah, he sucked it off. Right. He literally sucked it. Well, yeah. It was just trying to do cool shots that got in the way of the story and the writing. Just tell the story. Stop trying to do these white, these cool, quirky shots. The same as watching a film students trying to show off, doing a showreel of all their shots. Yeah, Just yeah. tell the story. Just tell the story. And I thought the main lead, who is sort of a bit like uh, similar to a Shaggy from Scooby Doo, but in a human form. Yes. Uh, a younger American Donald Gleason, really. It was a terrible actor who could really sh- I, showed no emotion on his face. The girl in it was brilliant. She's excellent. Yeah. And there's a bit. I liked Earl as well. When they're in bed together. And I was just watching him thinking, his face is not moving, he's not doing anything. She's just doing all the work in the scene. I thought he was terrible. Earl, and it was unrealistic that he's friends with this uh, sort of street black kid. There's no real bond there. I didn't believe, I tell you what, I didn't believe they made films. Yes. And I'll tell you why, because they told us all about how they made films, and but it, if you are a filmmaker when you're young, it's sort of the only thing you do. Because to make a feature-length film consumes your entire life. Yeah, they've made... Films. We've all seen Dawson's Creek. Well, they've exactly. made 50 films. Super 8 did it really, really well. Yeah, about yeah. The process of filmmaking, which I love the first half of Super 8. Yeah, and then it, it doesn't know where it, what it's supposed to do after that. I yeah. But, um, I, I really enjoyed this. We're, we're nitpicking now, but I'm trying to find some common ground with Marek on this. Everyone but... says like the whole time. I've even started doing it all the way through this film. And they do things... 
they used the music from the conversation when the soundtrack mm. and as a as that's such a seminal film it's equivalent to using the Jaws music or not that bad but music that's such a part a huge part of a film I think I'm going to use the soundtrack for that for this film don't use that what are you doing using the music for the conversation to do some sort of weird quirky bit that's the conversation's theme tune which is a part of that film and you've just gone oh, I'll just take that but film. them but them remaking uh great films is part of the uh, motif yes, of the movie. Yes, it wasn't used in the right way. I don't think that making great films is really explored. It was just as if someone had written down lots of funny film titles and would just dip into this. Sure. I didn't think anything was done particularly well in this. I thought the ending was... The last ten minutes was very, very good. I did not like the main character. It's, just, it's, it's not for me. It's for teenagers. It's for smug teenagers who think they know how the world works. Anyone who... Anyone who pretends they actually know anything in this world, is an idiot. I thought you would like the cinematography. I did like some of it, but it became so... It I, is almost a character. I started to yeah. notice... When you start to notice the shots, and they, they're setting and they're trying to do it so quirky, just stop doing that. It should never be noticeable. It should always be the story first. I'm quoting like quite Casey Neistat, this film. Yeah. But it, it got in the way of... of the st- yeah, like if you... If you uh... Uh, watching a piece of theatre and you find yourself in the middle of it going, oh, those lights are incredible. Mm. Then they've not done their job properly, have they? I can almost hear the director shouting, look at my film, look at this shot. Look at this amazing shot in the background. Oh, look, I've got Wes Anderson's dick here. Yeah. He's, Wes Anderson's dick's bigger than that. Oh. <laughs> That's very good. That's bit, what other dicks do that you do? Is a, that is a bit <laughs> racist. You name a dick, I'll do it. <laughs> Oh. Well, I, don't, yeah. I think yeah. this is going well, down. started it. Yeah. Very I mean, he started, he started it. Path. I did. I thought uh, Fault in the uh, Stars was a better uh, film, uh, of, of similar of a similar ilk. Okay. Well, we've had a speed wobble. Why? It's interesting. After, after two knockouts, yeah. this is the one that's divided the room. And but what, maybe it's about what time. have you learned? Because you've put less time into thinking about this, didn't you? So, <sighs> what if, let's see if there's a lesson to be taken. <laughs> is it? Not to involve Marek? The problem with this film is it, it just doesn't feel real. Right. They're dealing with cancer where this is a big subject. But that... And it's talk, and it's, I, maybe I'm giving it um, the benefit of the doubt or, or too much be, uh, goodwill. But I felt that actually added to it because the world of a teenager is self-centred and, and inaccurate. The way they view the entire thing is simplistic. And then as he grows up, and he takes a fuck of a long time to do it, it's not your traditional arc. It's only really at the end that he sort of wake, wakes up a bit that it becomes an adult's film. And I, I think that worked for me, you know? It did. As long as you sort of go along with it for the rest of the rest of it, you know, going, this isn't quite, something's not quite right here. It actually helped for the story, I thought. It was a bad episode of The Wonder Years <laughs> where all the cast have been replaced with someone slightly worse, except for Winnie, who's replaced with someone better. Hmm. I think maybe I just do have a slightly teenage brain and a tiny bit of hope and naivety left. I'm starting to think that. appeals to that. Because Kicking and Screaming has a similar uh, feel to some of it, you yeah. know, with the uh, the teenage philosophy of it. It's clinging on to youth, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. I think yeah. that's what But we've... it was... They, they, they were losers... But the film was shot as if it was really, really cool and really... If it was shot like... Like my vlogs. 
I don't like. I don't like too much when style starts to ruin. I've said the same thing as before. When the style starts to ruin the film, I don't like it. Wow. And it didn't feel appropriate here because it was about teenagers and they're clumsy and they're not cool. If it was about hipsters and it, then you could get away with the filmmaking and even make a joke about the filmmaking, trying to do overly cool mm. shots. That would be more interesting. Wow. There you go. If you've seen me, Earl, and the Dying Girl and have your own opinion, then email us, dearfilmfandango at gmail.com. Or you can just talk to one another on Facebook so we don't need to talk to you uh, by going to forward slash filmfandango. Or you can tweet us at filmfandango, at Mr. David Reed, at Marit Larwood, and... At Simon Fielder. At Simon Fielder. F-E-I-L-D. Why is it not Fielder? <sighs> just, I think it was just a clerical error in the past. <laughs> so you're like Vito Corleone. Who uh, got named by a clerical error? Is that true? That's right. Well, in Godfather Part Two. What is America. the real story? Why is it filled at FE? Genuinely, don't know. It's uh, it, it, we've traced it. What bit. is your heritage? Uh, English, I think. There's no German or anything. Field like is hard to spell. Yeah, <laughs> it's hard to spell. I go back to the 12th century. Do you? In England, but well, you personally, regularly, yes. <laughs> Geoffrey de la Wode. De la Wode. Is yes, that what my you're ancestor. from? De la Wode. Of the Wode. Yes. And Wode is the battle makeup, isn't it? I don't know, probably. Wode is uh, what Braveheart has on him, that blue uh, makeup. The, the, the Dutch people who came to Norfolk, and there's lots of Larwoods there. Are you sure it's not Wod? De la Wode? No. Wode. Okay. Geoffrey de la Wode. Very nice. I think that's what I might call you from now on. Can that's we? A good name, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Geoffrey de la Wode. Geoffrey with a G. It's my middle name. Geoffrey with a G? Yeah. Yeah. Simon Jeffrey Fielder. Is it spelled O E? <laughs> no. I before E except after me. There you go. Um, well, uh, that's all for this week. We you will want to be subs- back. Subscribe to Simon's YouTube Yeah, channel. go on, plug your YouTube oh, thing, goodness. Simon. Plug okay. it. Um, my YouTube channel is uh, Kid Capricorn. Or you can just go to my website, simonfielder.com. And all the links are there, or on my Twitter, or my Instagram, all that stuff. All right, mate, reel it in. <laughs> <laughs> gives you gives you a little bit, doesn't he? Then he yeah, yeah, yanks reel, it yanks right out it of away. your mouth, like Wes Anderson. Uh, we'll be back next week. Keep watching the, the films. Film. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. 
Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.